Hey guys, uh, I just wanted to apologize in advance for the audio in this particular podcast. Um, unfortunately, there is an echo behind Dan's voice every time he speaks. Um, we are not quite sure what caused that yet, and my skills as a uh, audio editor are rudimentary at best. I tried the best I could to uh, find a way to get that out. I was unsuccessful. But the content itself was so good that we felt it uh, that we should still go ahead and uh, publish the podcast anyways. We even attempted to record a second time with no such luck um, in terms of the audio. We will work to make sure that it does not happen again. And uh, please just bear with us as we troubleshoot this problem and uh, go ahead and make this the best podcast we can for you guys. So again, apologies for the echo. I hope you don't find it too disturbing. And uh, that's it for now. Uh, Guys, sit back and uh, enjoy the show. I am joined today by uh, Dan Clark, as always, um, and today we are going to discuss bullpens. So I know you're excited for that, right, Dan? Yes, very excited. Very excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because everybody loves to talk about bullpens. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, so we'll just dive right in, and uh, as always, we'll start our off-season podcast by taking a look back into the 2017 Seattle Mariners bullpen. So, Dan... Uh, Give me your uh, brief synopsis of what happened, what went right, what went wrong with the Mariners bullpen in 2017. Well, the well, you the, said 2017, 2017 Mariners, bullpen, Mariners bullpen, all, all 23, 23 different, pitches, different pitches pitching the bullpen, including, including Carlos Ruiz, Ruiz, Mike Freeman, Mike Freeman <laughs> guys like that. Guys like um, that. Um, for the most part, the I most think part, it was think it was pretty solid. Like you sort of. Your main, your main five or six guys, so your Diaz, Diaz uh, Pezos, uh, Pezos. Um, um, those sort of guys. Sort of guys most of the time, they were pretty the solid. Were pretty um, solid. Um, Diaz is always going to be hit and miss. He's still a young guy still coming, young through, guy and coming through, and it was his first full year as a reliever, as a so, reliever so I think he made I some good strides um, in certain places. The signings that they had come in, like Chetsky. He was, he was, he started off really started well and then really sort of faded well towards, the end. towards the end. Um, um but, but overall, overall, I think it was, it wasn't too bad. I think it was basically a, a Jerry DePoto bullpen. Um, a solid bullpen with sort of guys that, um, weren't sort of really world beaters or anything like that, but just guys that could go out there, throw strikes and get the job done. Right. Um, Jerry has not really ever, or at least not with the Mariners, he has not um, spent huge money on his bullpen. Um, you know, you look at uh, even a guy like Nick Vincent, who's one of their better bullpen arms, he's still well below market value um, in terms of salary. Emilio Pagan's a young guy not making anything. James Pazos is a young guy not making anything. Edwin Diaz isn't making anything. Um 
you know, Shea Simmons, uh, Tony Zick, Dan Altaville, those guys, uh, Ryan Garten, they're not making anything. Um, so really, um, aside from Steve Ciszek and Mark Zepchinski, we haven't really seen Jerry Depoto go out and add, uh, you know, high dollar, high leverage relief pitchers. So uh, I think you're right. I think it was a very Jerry Depoto type of bullpen. Yeah. And, uh, I think it was okay. There were times where, you know, they really needed another arm and all that. But, you know, it's hard not to wonder if David Phelps had stayed healthy, how this Mariners bullpen might have looked in September. Because if you remember, before he got before he got uh, hurt, David Phelps was a really good find by Jerry Depoto. He pitched very well for the Mariners. Definitely. I'm, Definitely. I'm a big David I'm Phelps guy. I, I can't wait to, to see him come out in spring training, hopefully healthy, and um, kick and, off the, kick off the 2018, 2018 year. Right. Speaking of 2018, uh, that's kind of the quick bullpen rundown of last year. Pretty much everything you expected, right? Diaz was good. Vincent was good. Yeah. Everybody else yeah. was, you know, hit or miss. It's a bullpen, right? Exactly. But let's, exactly. let's spin forward to 2018. And, uh, Let's take a look at what the bullpen could be like. You know, we talked a while back on the starting pitching podcast about how the Mariners said they were going to kind of manage the innings differently and how, you know, Felix wasn't going to be able to go six every single time and they were going to manage the pitch count of Paxton and all that stuff. So to me, that kind of pointed directly towards the bullpen and them having to shoulder more of a load. So I guess my question to you, Dan, is, I mean, what, what's this 2018 Mariners going, bullpen going to look like? Look, I mean, I think you and I can both agree that barring some random trade, Edwin Diaz is going to be the closer, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah, I think, definitely. I think Diaz, Diaz is definitely a lock-in for, lock for, for next year. And, next year and, but like you said, with Jerry's, like Jerry's comments about, comments about uh, starting pitching uh, with starting Felix and stuff, like that, and stuff like that, I'm thinking they I'm might thinking even, they go, might to even go to an eight-man pen an eight for man most of the year next year. Uh, because, uh, of because of if they're going to manage Paxton and Felix differently, uh, in the, uh, and only going six only innings or something like that, I don't think you'd be able to get away with um, doing it just with a seven man and then going like they did this year, basically. Uh, the road from Tacoma to Seattle was pretty worn out by bullpen guys just going backwards and forwards and lots of stuff. And I don't think that's a good way to do it over... Over. Well, maybe you can do well, it over one year when there were so many injuries, but if there's not as many injuries next year, I don't think it's going to do a lot for guys' confidence and stuff like that. So, um, But yeah, I think you're going to need a couple of long guys in there. Um, Emilio Pagan really, really um, stood out for me this year. I think he's, he's definitely going to be in there next year with in that sort of role where he can be in the fifth inning. If, if a guy's sort of starting to look tired and throw that two and a half innings and go from there. Um, so I really like him. Um, my projected bullpen might be a bit different from a lot of other guys. I'm actually thinking about uh, trading Scrabble and even trying to get some value from Nick Vincent as well and bringing in a few other guys. So... Right. You, you mentioned Nick Vincent as a possibility to uh, be traded. Yeah. Um, I'm sure nobody remembers this, but in the middle of the season, I was banging the table that the Mariners should trade Nick Vincent. 
um, you know, particularly with what good relievers go for in the middle of the year. Definitely. Um, a little different in the off season. There's a lot of free agents available. So it's probably harder to trade a non elite reliever in the off season than it is in season. But when you say trade Nick Vincent, I'm assuming you're not talking about trading him for, you know, another bullpen guy. I'm sure you're talking about trading him for somebody who would start for you. Yeah, definitely. In theory. Yeah, definitely. Looking at definitely. sort of packaging him, sort of him up, maybe Nick Vincent, Ben Gunnell, in a, in a trade like we talked about a couple of weeks ago, and, and getting, um, geez, if we can, sort of like a, maybe a number four sort of starting pitcher, um, and sort of going like that. We, I think we would probably have to stay on a couple of prospects as well, um, because I don't think just Gamble and Nick Vincent will get sort of too much done. But that, I think that'll be a sort of a good starting point for Jerry to sort of work with. And with, with the amount of free agent arms on the market and stuff like that. And, um, I was actually just talking before we started the podcast with a, a little group of mates that I have down here, down under. Um, Jake and a couple of guys Jake called Matt, guys called um, just about um, sort of bullpen sort of pieces, pieces and what could be on the trade market. Guys like Shane Green from the Tigers, a couple of guys from the Royals, like those, both like those teams are going to be rebuilding. So they're going to be sort of not really wanting to sort of spend a whole lot of money on relievers. So that could be an option. I think it's a bit of a pipe dream, but... I've heard the Yankees are uh, looking at sort of, uh, looking at sort of um, getting away uh, from getting having, away so, from much having so much bullpen. Um, I don't think they'll sort of, they definitely won't trade Chapman or anyone like that. But if you can pick up a, a Tommy Kaline or even the chances, that's, that's a bit of a game changer. Right. We'll get to the uh, other offseason moves in a minute, but uh, let's just look at what's on hand right now for the Mariners. Um so we both agree Diaz is going to be the closer. Yeah. Let's assume yeah. just for now that Nick Vincent is going to stick around. He's your seventh, eighth inning setup guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Or him and probably David Phelps. Phelps. Phelps going to yeah. Right. Phelps is probably the game changer there. Yeah. I think he's yeah. got closer stuff. He's, I mean, I, I, the thing I like about Phelps is that he can go multiple innings, which is something he's done. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so, I, yeah, he's definitely seems like the bridge guy there. So we mentioned uh, Emilio Pagan as kind of one of the long guys. Yep. Uh, yep. If they're going to do this whole experiment with their bullpen, they kind of need at least one more long guy out there. Uh, you know, Phelps can give you two innings, so he kind of counts. But yep. is is yep. there a uh, – maybe it's a young guy, maybe it's a veteran. Is there a guy out there? or on the team right now, at least, that you think could be that second long man out of the bullpen? Yeah, that, that sort yeah, of goes back to, I suppose, to, starting I pitching a little bit. If we get a couple of starting pitches, probably Erasmo might be a good, a good candidate for, for that sort of long guy to go two and three innings and things like that. Um, because in a perfect world, although I did job starting this year, I'll probably, if we start the year with Erasmo in the rotation next year, I think, the um the um the offseason might be a bit of a failure. So I, I think probably yeah, Erasmo yeah, might be good in that. The same as what he did the in Tampa Bay, basically this year. Um, um coming in for a couple of innings, two, or three innings, and stuff like that. And he went really well down there doing that. So no reason what he could do. And another one might be James Carter. Um, 
Um, he, he this year to come in and come in and and I think a couple of times through one or two innings and stuff like that, maybe even a little bit more. I think he could go a couple as well. Right, I would I would tend to agree with that. So, just right now we have your late inning guys as Diaz, Vincent, and Phelps. Yep. And yep. we're talking as two long guys. You have Emilio Pagan, and then hopefully Erasmo. Yep. Yep. Uh, so that gives us five names, and so uh, James Pazzo is going to be a part of this bullpen. Yeah, I think so. I think yeah, he's done think enough so. this year to sort of to, to prove that he's a. Uh, a major league reliever. A major league reliever. Yeah, Pazos is interesting to me. He's got the big stuff, and there's times where he looks absolutely unhittable. Yeah. And then yeah. he went through a stretch, I think it was in August, where he couldn't get an out. And it was infuriating, but, I mean, on like if you're looking for like a late-inning guy, Pazos probably makes more sense than Vincent. Yeah. Just because Pazos yeah. is a guy who can get strikeouts and avoid contact, where Nick Vincent, to me, is a guy who – I mean, put it this, like the base is loaded and one out. I'd rather have James Pazos pitching that situation than Nick Vincent because he's more likely to get a strikeout. Does that make sense? Oh, definitely. Oh, 100%, definitely. 100% it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, well, I like Nick well, Vincent like as a reliever, but reliever, like you said, he doesn't really have that strikeout really sort, of sort of material in his repertoire. So if we can, yeah, I think he's good to sort of start an inning and sort of get three outs like that. I don't really like don't when they really bring like him in, like you said, like one out, loaded bases one out, loaded and situations like that. Situations I don't like think that. that's think his, his, his best chance to succeed, chance like, to not, succeed like that. Like, not like that. Right. And then uh, that brings us up to six. And then, I mean, what do you do with Mark Sepchinski? He was he was pretty good the first half. He was terrible the second half. So, I mean, the guy's making $5 million next year. He's probably going to be the most expensive arm in your bullpen. Yeah. If not, it'll yeah. be Dave Bell. So, I mean, what what the heck do you do with this guy? Yeah, that's yeah, that's that, that's an interesting thing. Um, in my sort of projected bullpen, I probably wouldn't have him in there. I'd be trying to trade him, put him as part of the package or something like that. Um, but like you said, he he started off the season. I think he didn't allow a run till maybe even the first two weeks of May or something like that. But then after that, he just yeah, he just yeah, couldn't get many outs and finished with an ERA over four. So. Um, um, yeah, in yeah, a perfect world, I probably wouldn't have him in the Mariners pen for, for uh, 2018. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, the guy's making going to make $5 million next year, and, I mean, he couldn't even do the one thing that – you know, he got paid all that money to do. He couldn't even get lefties out in the second half. Um, you know, it's just, it's, I'm, I'm with you. I would try and trade him. Uh, I would be willing to eat, you know, most of that salary. It's one year, $5 million. I mean, it's not terrible for a team that's looking for a lefty. But if you can eat half of that or $4 million of that and get a, I don't know, maybe a decent, like, number four outfield prospect, I think I'm probably all over that. Yeah, definitely. That yeah, sounds definitely. That basically what, more basically along the lines of what I was thinking. Right. So, uh, you, so that brings us to seven with Zepchinski. We'll see what happens. I, I do think they're either going to trade Nick Vincent or Mark Zepchinski this offseason. But for simplicity's sake right now, let's say those are the seven. You mentioned having an eight-man bullpen. So what are you doing with that eighth spot? Um. 
Good yeah. wild card guy that I like is uh, Shay Simmons. Uh, Shay Simmons. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's got really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, sort of. Um, sort of. I think coming back this year from injury and things like that. Things like that. A little bit rusty there at the end, but. I really like his I stuff. Really like I think stuff. if he sort of has a good off-season, goes back into spring, sort of, spring looking healthy, sort of looking healthy, I think he could be another guy could that you can use late in games. Yeah, the, we saw what happened when he had the uh, the curveball or the slider. I, yeah. I think he yeah. throws both, but I think the slider is probably going to be a better pitch for him. I mean, when he had that, he looked like a closer. I mean, he's got the 97-mile-an-hour fastball and the good slider. So, yeah, I think he's definitely a wild card. You hope he's fully healthy this year. But, uh, you know, I'm right there with you. I think Simmons is going to be a part of this bullpen one way or the other. Um, But, you know, he's not a two-inning guy. At least I don't think they'll try to use him that way. So that would probably be, you know, that would probably mean that Either Zepchinski or Vincent would be the odd man out there. But uh, we'll get to that in a minute when we look ahead to the free agent class and trade market. Um, so just a few more guys who kind of threw for the Mariners this year, and I just want your opinion on them. Yep. Dan Altavilla, what do you think about him? I like his stuff. I like his stuff. I think, I think, I think he's still a little, like a little bit green. I think he needs a little bit more work in AAA. Um, he's sort of been backwards and forwards and hasn't really been in in a one part sort of workout. Um, the the mountains and the valleys of like a season for long enough yet. I wouldn't mind sort of him having at least half the year in AAA and sort of going from there. I like him as a prospect and stuff like that, but I don't think he starts. The season with the Mariners. The Mariners. Yeah. Uh, Tony Zick. Yeah, he's another guy that sort of could could be in that bullpen. Um, Again, I like his stuff. He's sort of on the edge, I think, for me. If we don't sort of go out and get too many guys in the bullpen, I think he's one of the guys that will sort of go in there if they do trade those. Nick Vincent got that. I think he's one guy that's got to step into it. Okay. Um, let's see. Ryan Garten. Uh, he was. He came in right at the end of the year, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think I sort of saw too much of him. What was your thoughts on Ryan Garten? Ryan Garten. You know, they kind of used him as a, you know, when the starter was struggling and he could only get through three thirds. He was the guy they brought in just to get out of that inning, <laughs> and yeah. then they would yeah. replace him. So they didn't really trust him all that much, at least in the beginning. But I do have a note here that uh, in the month of September, in 12 appearances, he threw 11.1 innings. Um, opponents hit just 103. Yeah, okay. He had, a, yeah, okay. he had a 1.59 ERA and a .44 WHIP. So he was very good in. Uh, he was very good in September. Now again, that's that's basically them using using Garden to just get out of an inning and then they take him out. So I mean, he didn't have to face you know more than two or three hitters at a time. But I think there's something there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think he's probably more organizational depth at the moment. He's going to be 28 in December. Um, I think there's a role there for him, but I'm not sure. Um, 
I I don't think he starts the year in the big leagues, but I, I think there's something there. I kind of I kind of like him. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, and definitely. Like, like we said, the road between to come from Seattle for relievers is, is usually pretty worn out. So I definitely think so Simon in Seattle this year. Seattle this year. Definitely. And then uh, we'll just wrap it up on a guy who we only saw for one inning, but most Mariner fans are pretty well familiar with. Tiago Vieira, the 102 mile an hour fastball from Brazil. Yep. What do you think yep. his future is? I think he's uh, a little bit the same uh, as Elgevilla. I think he'll start in, in Tacoma again. In Tacoma um, again. Um, because he's sort of come up pretty quick. Sort of I think, pretty quick. Did he start last he year start in last year? single A or double A? Single A or double A? Jump he started in double A. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I think yeah, he'll okay. definitely so, yeah, sort of start the, this year in, in Tacoma, but. Kind of, but he, he will see more than one inning in, um, in, in Seattle. Um, I still remember the still um, remember look on the umpire's the, um, face for his warm-up pitch. The one that hit the back stop. The umpire sort of slowly turned around the head. Basically said, I can't believe you threw that so close to me. Yeah, I think this needs a little bit more time to work on that command and stuff like that. Like that. Even if he goes from, from 102, 103 back down to 99, just to get that command, I think that's um, it's going to be a weapon. It's going to be a weapon. Yeah, I I think Vieira might be a guy who gets dealt. Um, okay. okay. But again, you're not you're not trading him for, you know, another guy who you're not trading for another Vieira. You're trading him for somebody who would come in and help your bullpen. Yeah. Or maybe a fourth outfielder or something like that right away. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hard whenever you see the guy can throw one Oh two, you give him every opportunity you can to get him to the big leagues. And, uh, yeah, like you mentioned, the control needs to be better. Uh, well, not so much control, more command, yeah. he, you know, he yeah. throws strikes, but I mean, again, it doesn't matter if you're throwing one Oh two, if you're putting it right down the middle every time you can't really, I mean, it's not going to do you any good. So I think he's probably a triple a guy as well, maybe a trade target, but we'll see. Yeah with that so that kind of wraps up what the mariners have right now um in their really in the high minors um and on the mate on the 40-man roster um, those guys are all on the 40-man so um, there's a good chance you see all of them um in the big leagues at some point this year whether it's with the mariners or somewhere else but let's skip ahead and let's look at guys who aren't on the mariners right now you mentioned a few trade targets earlier uh, you got, want to go ahead and expand on that? Yeah, I think we've got to, um, yeah, I think we've like got I was to, saying there before, like talking like a couple mates down, down under here. Um, I think we've got to look at guys, teams that are, are rebuilding. So, obviously, the Tigers are going to rebuild. Kansas City are going to rebuild. A guy that um, I really liked from the Tigers, Sean Green. I think he's got really good stuff. I think he... He would sort of be one of the guys I'll be looking at sort of pretty well in in that trade block. Um, Kelvin Herrera from the Royals will probably cost you a little bit more um, because he's sort of got that closer. He's been closing for a while. He's another guy. um, I think the Yankees will probably trade a bullpen piece. um, So if you can pick up Tommy Kaline, that might be worthwhile as well, or even David Robinson. Betances would be a bit of a pipe dream, I think, and would cost you. He's probably Kyle Lewis plus, so I don't think that one would be sort of in the mix. But yeah, I think there's definitely going to be a lot of 
trade targets out there trade for bullpens. Like, like they're always like, like they're always Right. Jerry DePoto's MO is kind of to go out and trade for a bullpen piece rather than spend money on one. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are a few guys out there in free agency. Um, certainly some big names. Uh, you look at a guy like Wade Davis. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's going to make a lot of money and he's going to cost you a draft pick. Is that something you even sniff? Or is that, is, are you just like, no thanks, I'm going to, I'm going to try and, Work the trademark and work with what I have. Uh, I'd sort of uh, like the, the free agents like the a little bit more. I probably wouldn't go probably as far as Wade Davis, but mm-hmm. I'd probably but sort of probably look, sort at, of um, look at um, guys along the lines of Greg, Greg Collins. Um, um, I liked what he done with like Colorado this year, Colorado and always liked him. Um, and he seemed to come back um, well from Tommy John this year as well. A guy at Mariners fans will be. Sort of aware of sort Brandon Merrill, who's Brandon Morrow, still pitching to the Dodgers and looked Dodgers good yesterday, yesterday um, in the um, game, in the, one of the World game one of the World Series. Um, I think he would be a sort of an interesting free free agent, um, and um, Jake McGee and as well. McGee so they're the sort of three names that I really liked in the in the in the free agent class. And you could probably get some two or three deals without sort of. Breaking the bank on someone like the Wade Davis is probably going to cost you fifteen to $70 million dollars a year. Yeah, he's probably going to get close to Chapman money, which I think Chapman got eighteen million a year. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just, in general, I'm not a fan of paying in reliever that much. No, definitely not. Um, no, definitely not. Yeah, a few of the guys, you mentioned a few of the. I mean, you're you're right. We say there's a lot of really interesting arms out there in free agency. A few that kind of jumped out to me as possibilities. Um, partly because you might be able to get them at a discount and they're still pretty good. Um, I look at a guy like, I, I know I'm going to butcher the pronunciation here. Sang Juan Oh, who was a closer for the Cardinals for a while. He had, he had a down year this year. Um, he's 35, but those are also reasons why he might be pretty cheap. Um, he's got closer stuff. He's a good start or he's a good reliever. Um, also, you know, Mariners fans will cringe, but Brando Rodney, Still has some good stuff. He's 41. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sergio Romo had a nice year for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, he's solid. Uh, you know, Brian Shaw, who has led the league in appearances like for the last five years. Yeah. And just a really he's, good, he's good from the um, from Indians, from the, yeah. Like he was a, yeah. a big a, part of what the Indians sort of tried to do with that bullpen. Yep, and then also, you know, you have your guys like Joe Smith and Anthony Swarzak who aren't going to be, you know, huge additions for headlines, but they really help your bullpen. Uh, and, I mean, again, I'm just scrolling through the list here, and I'm looking at guys who might be interesting for the Mariners. Addison Reed, Bud Norris, Juan Nicasio, who that's another guy who could be a possible two, three-inning guy for you, or pitch high leverage. I like the flexibility there. You know, Pat Neshek. Yep. Uh, Greg Holland, like you mentioned, Luke Gregerson is a good, uh, <laughs> Steve Ciszek, if you want to try that again. I mean, there's a lot of really good guys. And those are just right-handed pitchers too. Uh, the one guy who I would look out for if I was a Mariners fan, um, Houston Street, Jerry DePoto was traded for him once before, I believe. Yeah. He's going yeah. to be a free agent. He is coming off a couple bad years. He's going to be cheap and he does have closer experience. So that might be a guy um, that you mentioned as well. Um, quickly, 
You mentioned Jake McGee. Do you think the Mariners need to add a lefty, or is you just like Jake McGee because he's Jake McGee? I mean, what what's your thought process there? Um, I like Jake um, McGee because like he's a lefty. Um, like I said, I don't like think, I said, we, I have, think um, we have um, Zipchinski. Uh, uh, so I think we need. Uh, I, think I we do need, think we need another lefty in there, but I do like Jake McGee. Like Jake um, not just because he's a lefty. I think I, I love his stuff. I love his um, stuff. So yeah, I think he would be one. He would be probably one, in the top two or three of my list that I'd be sort of looking for next year. Yeah, I would agree. I like him. I'm interested to see what the price tag is on him. Yeah. Again, yeah. I'm not. I'm not willing to spend money on a one. Out, like a one out left hander guy, but I don't think McGee's that. I think you can push both to both hitters. Um, and that's a much better use for money. Um, I don't know if that's the case, or if that's I don't know if he's going to make five million dollars. He'll probably make around 10 per year. Yeah, I think um, he's pretty yeah, from memory. I was looking at it there before. I think he got paid this year. I think it was about, I think it was about was either five and a half or six million dollars this year. So I was thinking if you so gave him, geez, like a, a two or three year deal, you could probably get him at eight, maybe nine million, million sort of a year. Um, two and eighteen, or, or maybe three and twenty-five, three and twenty-six, sort of thing. Um, we'll have to, it'll be interesting to see what the market is. Yeah, um, yeah. There certainly aren't as many left-handed relievers or quality lefties as there are righties, which I mean, it's just, I mean, that's the general statement, but uh, you know, there's one guy that I would like to see the Mariners take a run at here. If we're talking about lefties Um, again, I'm going to butcher his name. I apologize. Kevin Cypress. He became a, uh, he's a free agent. He's 28 years old. Um, He's pitched with the Cardinals. He's a lefty. Um, this last season was not good. He had a 4.81 ERA. Um, you know, he walked five guys per nine innings, and he only had a WAR of 0.1. But uh, you look at the two years previous to that. You know, in 2016, he had a 2.77 ERA, struck out nine and a half guys, um, only walked three and a half guys per nine inning, um, left a lot of guys on base, and even the year before that. It was kind of his breakout year. He appeared in 81 games and he had a 2.17 ERA, uh, a 1.4 WHIP, and a 10, almost 11 Ks per nine. Uh, that, that's the kind of guy who might be a little bit cheap. Um, he's coming off a bad year, and I think that might be an interesting way to go. It's certainly what Jerry Depoto likes to do. He likes to have the, you know, the proven player coming off a bad year model. Yeah. We've seen him do that a yeah. few times. So I think that might be what they're looking at here in the bullpen. Um, yeah, as much yeah, as we as sort, as of, as we sort we'd of would love to add some of these free agent pieces, 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 I'm not sure Jerry will do it. Like the only the only the free agent sort of signings he's made in the last two years have been Seashack and Zichinski. So um, maybe he will do it in the bullpen. But I think there are a lot of right hand guys out there um that won't cost you. Any organizational sort of prospects and stuff like that, and I think we're starting to get to a stage with our our whole system where we need to start keeping some of these top end guys um, and these low end sort of low A guys, stuff like that, that are promising that we've been dealing the last couple of seasons. I think we sort of we'll start keeping them a bit more. Um, 
And I don't think and money don't is think much of an issue as it has been in the past with the, the new ownership. So if if so it's only going to cost you, like, money, basically, to sign some of these right-handed guys, as much as Jerry loves to trade, I think that's sort of going to be the way that you've got to go now. There's not much depth there, and you want to keep the guys that you've still got. So I, don't, I think so I, don't, I think he has to sort of hit free, sort of free agents a lot more this year than he has in the past. Uh, I would agree, and I think he's hinted at that as much. He said uh, we don't expect as much activity, um, which I mean sounds like they're not going to do much. But also, Jerry Depoto saying he's not going to make as many moves as he has the last two years doesn't mean he's not going to make a lot of moves. He, uh, I think we're up to thirty-eight trades. Yeah in the Jerry DePoto era so far. So uh, I, th- I think you're right. I think what you're going to see is that if the Mariners make trades, it'll be uh, big leaguer for big leaguer, or it might be these guys who are in the high minors but have a relatively low ceiling. You know, a guy like, uh, oh, I don't know, a guy like uh, Ian Miller, maybe, Chase DeYoung, you know, Rob Whalen, those type of guys are the ones that they would trade. Um, yeah, I don't think you're going to trade Kyle Lewis or Nick Nider for uh for a relief pitcher um certainly not unless it's an elite one and i don't think there's an elite one out there that the mariners it would make sense to go get yeah yeah, yeah that, that's about yeah, right that, i think as well um yeah those top two or even guys like even that we got in this year's draft evan white and sam carlson um i think they're pretty much they're pretty much untouchables this this offseason just to try to get just to try to get like we said, a little bit like of depth back in that organization. Yeah, just to sort of yeah, see where we go. But, see where I, we I, go. Could but I, I could definitely see them trading, like you said, Rob Whalen, Chase the Young, guys like that. Um, um, yeah, Ho- hopefully not sort of too many guys from the lower end. Yeah. All right. So I think that'll probably wrap up our bullpen preview podcast. Um, I don't believe we're going to have a part two. I will let you guys know on Twitter. Um, oh, you know what? I guess we should probably make the announcement. Um, if you guys haven't, uh, if you guys haven't noticed, we're starting to publish articles again. Uh, we have a new site expert. Uh, that would be me. Um, we also added a sta- uh, another writer to the staff, uh, Dave Morris Jr. He's uh, very good. Uh, he just wrote a great piece about Mike Zanino. I recommend you guys check that out. And, uh, hey, if you guys are still interested in writing for us or uh, any of that stuff, let us know. Uh, We want to be more interactive with you guys. So if you want to hop on a podcast, let me know. Um, We're we're here to make sure that you you Mariner fans get uh, as much baseball as you can can handle. So, as always, don't be afraid to reach out to me or Dan or the the, uh, website in general and let us know what you think or let us know if you want to participate. We're more than willing to, uh, to have you. So, Dan, do you have any uh, final thoughts before we get out of here? Um, no, that, that basically wraps uh, up. Congratulations, congratulations on the side of editor. editor. Um, I, I've been sort of working with me now for a while, and I think you'll be really well. So, congratulations again on that, mate. Well done. Yeah, like I said, somehow trick somebody into thinking I know how to run a website. <laughs> so, so uh, join us next week. I believe we'll wrap up our off-season, our 2017 preview with uh, – a review with uh, the infield. Is that right? Yes. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. The yeah, infield. So, infield sort of, we'll see. That one could be, could take us anywhere, really. Weird and wonderful ways. Weird and wonderful ways.
We really could. I think the next time we'll join you, we'll have a World Series champion. Yes. Which, uh, yeah. of course, means that, uh, hey, you know what? You know what happens the day after the World Series? Frank, I just uh, season starts. That's, that's right, baby. Yep. So, uh, so it'll be an exciting offseason for sure. So, yeah, just uh, quickly, this is, sorry, who, yeah, who, do you, who are you going for in the World Series? I'm rooting for the Astros, um, mainly because I would like to have, I would like to see them have to deal with being champions, you know, that whole hangover about, uh, you know, you finally won one. So maybe you relax a little, Uh, you have to deal with some egos, that stuff. So, you know, I would like to see the Astros have to deal with that. And also, you know, I just love Jose Altuve. Yeah. (laughs) He's one of my favorite players. Yeah, so I mean, I I'm gonna I'm gonna root for the Astros if I had to make a pick. I think the Dodgers win in seven. Yeah, but I'm certainly rooting for the Astros. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. How about you? Um, I'm gonna go uh, the other way. I'm gonna go the uh, other when, way. Uh, when I was actually in the state this year with my partner Emily, and we and we, we actually saw a Dodgers game. Actually, we saw, game. Um, we saw uh, the Dodgers in a few places. Uh, we saw, uh, we saw, saw a walk-off win walk-off in LA, in LA um, a, win um, a win in Atlanta, Atlanta and, a win in, um, and a win in New York as well. So I've sort of traveled around a bit watching the Dodgers and watching them, how they play. I must admit, I've got a bit of a man crush on Justin Turner. I'm a massive, massive Justin Turner fan. I think he's probably one of the most underrated players in the MLB. So I'm actually going towards Dodgers just because, like I said, I've actually seen them play this year a little bit. Um, seen them, Justin Turner actually hit a walk-off. Uh, I think it was against the Twins uh, in late July. Um, so, yeah. But if the Astros win, I'm not going to be too disappointed. Um, I'm not one of those guys that are going to be like, Oh, they're a division oh, rival. They're they're gonna they can't win anything. If it was the Angels, was the yeah, Angels. fair enough. I might yeah, sort of think that, that. <laughs> but not Houston. I like the way that they, they tore everything they down, um, came back with a rebuild, and, and like you said, who like cannot love who can Jose Altuve? That guy's just that guy's just what everything that you love about baseball. Yeah. Yeah, I I 100% agree there. Uh, honestly, like, I don't really care who wins. Um, I would just like the series to go as long as possible because I really do think you're looking at the two best teams in baseball yeah. um, throughout yeah. the entire season. And so it's kind of fitting that they're playing each other in the World Series. Yeah, so, definitely couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, so uh, like I said, that, that'll uh, wrap up this podcast. Join us next week when we talk about the infield. Uh, lots going on there. Mike Zanino, uh, again, just got a great piece about Mike Zanino written. I'm sure we'll talk about that. Uh, first base, there's a whole first base. You need a utility infielder. Lots to talk about. So for us over here at SotoMojo.com, uh, from Dan and me, I just want to wish you guys, you know, happy World Series, happy Halloween, and I'll see you guys in another life.